believe I can't sleep. It's time to listen to Courtney at last on the ramblings of an insomniac podcast. Hello, howdy everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the ramblings of an insomniac. I am Courtney Perry. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it greatly. So today I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Uh, One, addiction and the other specifically alcoholism and the other parenting to an adult or I should say unparenting an adult. So those are the things I was going to go over today. Um, Gosh, I've been so serious, I feel like. But I did say that it was, you know, sometimes I'd be serious and other times not so serious. So apparently we're um, on serious mode lately, which is okay. That's good. That's fine. Serious is good too. We need a little bit of everything, right? So, um, okay. So I wanted to talk about being a parent to um, adults and parenting an adult, or like I said, unparenting because they're adults, so they don't need your parenting anymore. They don't need you to parent them. They are not minor children. They are grown adults and out in the world doing their thing. But I want to talk about that and how I felt really ill-prepared when my sons, you know, hit adulthood and how I don't feel like anybody warned me about it. Maybe they did and I just didn't take them seriously. So somebody could very well have warned me about being um, when what happens when your children become adults and what that means for the parent, you know, Um and this is not a bad thing. These are not bad things. It's just different. It's It's been interesting um, and kind of an adjustment because I'm not a hover mom, um, but I'm very much a um, a worry wart. Gosh, sorry, you can hear my dog in the background. I did say that I was going to get more professional and start getting, you know, going upstairs to my office and use my fancy microphone. And I started recording a, um, a podcast the other day on it, but um, I don't have any furniture right now in my office, just the desk. And so it's incredibly echoey and it sounds actually far worse, believe it or not, in my office than it does on um, this microphone um, on my iPhone. So, but that also means you can hear my dog being really obnoxious and like snoring and licking herself. It's great. Anyways, um, so... We'll fix that. But anyways, moving on. Um, I I just feel that being um, in the role of of mom to um, two sons, I have one that is 28 and the other is 24. So, you know, they are well into adulthood. And admittedly, Um, it took a lot of adjusting for me because like I was saying, it's not that I'm a hover mom at all. In fact, I get teased a lot because, um, I love my, my sons very, very much, 
and um, but I'm just someone that doesn't like to be around people a lot, and even my own family. Um, I like being around them, hanging out with them for a certain amount of time, and then I'm like, okay, peace out, and then we all go do our thing. So it's not that I'm a hover mom, but I'm a worry wart. I I worry about worrying. That's just what I do. I worry. Um, I had to tattoo let go, not let it go, not frozen, um, brandy, um, but not let it go, um, like frozen. But when I was 18, I had to actually tattoo the words let go on my wrist because I'm so neurotic and I worry so much and I'm such a control freak about a lot of things that I have to remind myself to, you know, let go of the things that I can't control, um, which is not my forte. So, so when you're, you know, your children become adults and you're used to being uh, a control freak, it just doesn't, the two don't mesh very well. And I had to learn that I'm still learning that. Um, I have to go to counseling to remind myself of these things and, and learn to, uh, to deal with it because, um, I very much always want to be involved and make sure that, you know, they're now, have you washed behind your ears and brushed your teeth? I don't do that, but I, I check in on them a lot and it's obnoxious and I know that it's obnoxious, but yet I just can't seem to stop now in my defense, Part of that is because um, my oldest has not always made the best choices. Um, he is amazing and I love him dearly and he has a million wonderful, amazing qualities. Um, but unfortunately, um, he struggles with some things that have led him to make some not so great or healthy or safe choices. And so... Um, I definitely get far more, not hover around, but I get a lot more involved in his life than I probably should or than what's normal or healthy. Um, but I've just gotten so used to um, feeling always like something's going to happen to him and always having that deep, being scared all the time. It's just, it's a, it's a weird feeling when you can't see your sons yet you just ho- and you have to just hope that everything you've taught them and everything you've said has resonated and that they'll make good choices. And then when you realize they, they don't and they've had consequences for those um, poor choices, you just go, well, crap, I hope I hope they learn from that. Because, of course, we have to have mistakes. If we don't have mistakes, then we're never going to learn from them and we're never going to grow from them and we're not going to appreciate the good stuff. So mistakes are, are fine. I just don't want them to be mistakes that of course can, um, kill them, you know, or somebody else, God forbid. And I'm so used to being in a position of, um, kind of like a PTSD because I've had so many people in my life that have struggled with addiction and the outcome has never been even remotely good. Um, and I've always been the one that has had to um, be awake and be alert and make sure that, you know, someone has put out their cigarette and make sure that um, someone isn't drinking and driving and make sure that you know, just, you know, constantly the caregiver and the one that's making sure that 
um, everybody is safe and that the oven is turned off and, you know, the door's locked and all those things. And so I've been in that position for, well, literally my entire life. So I'm just kind of used to always wanting to be right there because I feel like if I'm there, nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to happen. And I'm there to protect, then, you know, nothing can happen, right? But obviously that's not right. And it's also obviously not healthy by any means. I can tell you from my, you know, wrinkles and gray hair and um, just constant probably ulcers, I'm sure, that I have, that these are not healthy things to do. But um, I think it's natural. I I admire parents that, um, you know, are the ones that say, hey, if you need me, I'm here. I'm here if you want to talk and if you want advice then call me and I'm, I'm here. But other than that, they just, you know, they, they let their children live their life and make their mistakes and um, have them be held accountable and all of that. And I love that. And I'm like that in a lot of ways. I used to be like that. And then for many reasons I won't get into right now, um, I changed into a total crazy pants. I really did. I turned into such an overprotective enabling parent. And those are things I never thought I would be. And those are things I, I didn't like it when other parents were that way. And I thought I was just so, you know, that I knew everything and that, you know, I was so cool because I will never be that person. And of course, never say never, you know, and and then I'm that person and um, it's weird, but I want to talk about it because obviously I can't, well, I can't say obviously, but I doubt very seriously I'm the only parent that has these feelings and that has thought this way or is thinking this way currently. And, um, you know, when I have two sons, sons are just genetically built to want to do stupid shit sometimes. I mean, so are women. Women do and stupid crap. It's just different stupid crap and boys seem like they do things that can harm themselves you know that can kill themselves not because they're trying to they just are like oh that looks fun you know and then they do it and I'm not saying because they're stupid it's just their their DNA and they're just um you know they're that adrenaline seeking let's try it let's do it and you know god bless them I admire it I wish I was that way in some ways you know I do but um when you have a son like I do that is wired to be so destructive um, mentally and physically, it's, it's very, very, very hard to parent. It's hard to be a mom. And, you know, I used to think it was harder for, for them to not live with me and be away from me because I would like, well, then I'm not there to make sure they're home and, and see what they're doing. But what's odd is I actually think it's worse if they're an adult and they're living with you because you can actually physically see if they're home or not. You can hear them come in or out, you know, late at night. You can wake up and when they're not, when their car's not in the driveway or they're not in bed, you know, it just, it freaks you out, you know? So in a way it's like out of sight, out of mind, you know? Um, and so right now, of course, my oldest is living three hours from me. And part of that makes it easier, like I just said, because I don't ever have to know if 
you know, if he's home late or not. But then for that same reason, it's also difficult because I don't know if he's home or not, you know, it's weird. And so, um, and then if you have a son that struggles with addiction, like mine does, it adds a whole other level of worry and fear, you know, um, I by no means am going to compare what I'm feeling to anybody that has been in the war at all because I am not in the military. I've never seen combat. I've never been at war. Um, But I have many, 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 many friends and family members who have been. And from everything they describe, I feel as though, and again, I'm not comparing my struggles to people that have seen combat and been in war. I'm just saying I feel like I am in that constant... um, state of looking around and always on guard, you know, always one eye open, you know, and one eye closed and just always looking around. And I feel like I have to have my phone on and I can never turn my phone off because what if the one time I turn off my phone is the one time something happens? That actually happened to me with my dad. I turned off my phone. He wasn't feeling well, but I had kept my phone on and my phone was acting weird. And I was like, well, you know what? it'll be fine. I'll turn off my phone. And I had it turned off for like, honestly, like four hours. So it was quite a while. And I turned it back on and ended up he was in the hospital. Now, I'm well aware whether I had my phone off or on, he would have still gone to the hospital. But again, it's just a weird feeling when you're in a constant state of um, a, a height of like panic and awareness and just always feeling like you can't fully go to sleep because you want to be able to hear the phone. And Um, it's just hard being a parent to adults. And like I said, you, you can't be a parent. You have to be just there and support them and, but not enable. I'm really learning the difference between enabling and supporting. Like I said, um, I never thought of myself as an enabler and I never, um, have been in the past, but I definitely became one, um, and it's it's weird um, when it's your again when it's your children when it's your parent when it's one of your parents or both of your parents in my case when it's your entire family in my case you just see things from different perspectives you know I like I talked about on my last podcast perspective you know seeing things from different angles and. I, I feel like such an asshole for all the times that I kind of thought I knew it all before my sons were adults. And I thought, wow, that parent that does this or that, or that parent that says or does that, I will never do that. My kids will never be that way. Ah, sorry about that. Sorry. See, I told you sometimes you're going to hear my dogs bark and sometimes you're going to hear someone knock on the door and there you go. Anyways, um, bad timing. I'm sorry. Um, but I feel like such an asshole for the times that, again, like I, I thought that I knew everything before I had sons that were adults. You know, you always say, I'm not going to do this. And, oh, I would never do what so-and-so does or says. And and then you do. And you're like, oh, I I don't know everything. Bummer. Um. And I never did it in a way that I thought somebody else was like a shit parent or anything. I didn't. I just was like, oh, duly noted, I won't do that because it doesn't seem like it's working. Um, But at the same time, um, 
until you're in that position, it's just hard to say what you what you will or won't do, you know. So I apologize to anybody out there that I may have acted as though I was queen parent because nobody is. There's nobody that is perfect. Um, we all have our thing, you know. Um, some of us may be a little better at it than others. I don't know. But parenting's hard, man. It really is. And when they're young, it's difficult for totally different reasons, you know. Um, but I feel like you guys. Sorry. I'm sorry, you guys, man. Um, but it's hard. Oh, my goodness. I'm so unprofessional. Nobody's going to want to listen to this when my dogs are barking in the background and stuff. But I'm not about to record all this all over again, you guys. I'm sorry. It's not happening. So, And like I said, I warned you way from the get-go that this might happen. So at any rate, um, so parenting has been on my mind. And like I said, I've got a 28 and a 24-year-old. And I had my oldest son when I was 19. So... Um, you know, by no means did I know what I was doing. I think age is a factor definitely in your parenting skills for sure, but I don't think it's the only factor because I've known a lot of very mature 19 year olds that are actually end up being great parents. And then I've known a lot of, you know, 30, 40 something year olds that were not so great parents. So I think age definitely is relevant for many reasons, but also, not really relevant for, um, for others. So, but anyway, I was 19, um, when I had my oldest and I was 23 when I had my, um, youngest son and, um, I come from a line of, um, wow. Um, if anybody is still listening, let me tell you, um, I, I appreciate it. I wish I could um, hug each and every one of you that are still tuned in, if you are. How obnoxious. I'm so sorry. I promise this will not continue. Um, but um, anyways, I come from a long line of, of addicts, um, mainly alcoholics, but um, I've had other family members struggle with um, cocaine and... It's, it's really difficult growing up around um, addicts. And then when you see what it's done to them, um, you know, of course, you don't want that for, for your children at all. Um, and you try everything you can to, to make sure that doesn't happen. And sometimes you kind of overparent and sometimes you enable, um, and obviously neither are good and neither work, but you know, people are different. So it's not one size fits all. What works for one person may not work for another. And, um, again, it's, it's really hard when you see, I have a lot of friends who, um, have struggled with somebody in their family member that had addiction. Um, and, we all kind of have the same thing in common, you know, it's, you don't want to enable and you don't want to 
but you also don't want to not be supportive. You also want to make sure that you're there, that you are, that they know that you're listening and that you're there and that you love them unconditionally. Um, and so it's just so hard to find that perfect balance of allowing your children to fall and pick themselves back up and, you know, get their own lives together and, Falling and making mistakes is a huge part of being able to grow and learn, but it's so hard. It's so hard to just watch them. You know, what's weird is when they were young, they would fall. And I really was that parent that was like, oh, get up. You're fine. You know, rub some dirt in it. You're great. And I never, I was never a parent that was like, oh, my baby and freaked out when they (laughs) fell. So yeah, when they would fall, I would just say, oh, you're fine, you know, um, dust it off, you're great. But it's weird because when, when my sons got older, it was just hard for some reason. It was so much more, well, actually, I just, I just thought of this just now, actually. The reason that I became more of a hover parent and got more involved is now they can actually like hurt themselves or hurt someone else as in kill themselves or hurt themselves enough to go to the hospital. You know, when they're a kid and they're at the playground, sure, they may break an arm. And I'm not saying that's not a big deal. I'm just saying breaking an arm, they're not going to die and they'll be fine. You know, chipping a tooth, they'll be fine, you know, but when they become old enough to drive, or, you know, walk out into the world on their own, you know, they can actually cause like serious damage to themselves. And so it's hard to just be like, oh, it's okay, go out. But at the same time, I'll never forget this. Um, I, I had a boss once that told me something, and this has been 15 years ago now, and it's still to this day, really resonates with me. Um, I used to tell her how I if my kids were out, I would wait up until they got home and I would pace back and forth, back and forth, and just constantly looking out the window or making sure I could hear the car come in and, or, you know, see the headlights. And she was like, why? And I was like, well, what do you mean? Why? And she's like, well, what does that help? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know, but I can't, how can anyone possibly go to sleep when their children aren't home? And she was like, because whether you are up and pacing back and forth or you're asleep, neither one is going to change the outcome of whatever's going to happen. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen regardless if you're sleeping or awake, regardless if you're pacing back and forth or lying in bed. And she's like, and I always look at it like I would prefer to get some sleep and be able to think clearer and be able to be you know, more prepared because I've had some sleep than me being up all night. And if something, God forbid, did happen, now you're, you know, exhausted and you're trying to think clearly. And I thought, okay, that's true. Um, That's very true. Now, as true as that is, I find it impossible to do, but I totally get it. I still find it um, not impossible, but I, I have a hard time. Now, again, you know, when when your adult sons no longer live with you, obviously there's no pacing back and forth or anything like that anymore. But I don't know. I just wanted to 
let you guys know that if there's anybody out there that is struggling with, you know, being a parent, whether your child is a day old or, you know, 80, I mean, shout out to anybody who has an 80 year old child and is listening and is um, rocking it right now. That's awesome. But no matter your age, if you have um, a parent, if you're a parent, I, I just want you to know that hang in, hang in there, hang in there, man. It is difficult. I don't care what people say. It's awesome. It's amazing. I'm glad. I'm so glad that, that I'm a mom. Um, and being a mom to boys, that is, I don't have girls. So obviously I can't say what it's like to be a parent to girls. Cause I don't, I don't have them. I am one and I know people that have them. But again, that's totally different than actually having them. Honestly, I I kind of, because I'm a girl, I don't know that I could handle having a girl in their teenage years. But, you know, boys are are crazy on a whole different level. Because like I said, it's like they do things that they just, they can die from, like speeding and, you know, jumping off things and into things and, you know. So anyways, I just wanted to say, if you are worried and you're having a hard time, just know that me too, man, I get it. I totally get it. I understand. Hang in there and just breathe and, you know, listen to get advice from other people. You know, I, I have definitely learned to listen to people and not immediately be like, Ugh, what do they know? Well, they might know something. They might know something that you don't know. Um, cause if you're the smartest person in the room, you're not in the right room. I can't remember who said that Einstein. I don't know. Don't, don't say that I quoted that from Einstein, but I think that's who said it. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Anyway, so shout out to you all and I'm sending hugs. I'm sending love and, um, I hope, I hope it gets easier. I really do. Anyway, thank you so much. That is what has been on my mind and keeping me up. I really apologize for my dogs. Oh, my goodness. Again, I'll get that addressed. Um, But they are just barking at everything right now. I apologize. Thank you for hanging in there with me, though. Thank you for coming along on this ride with me. It means the world to me.